Inside Black and Gold. Thanks, everyone, who is watching, hanging out, asking questions, telling me that I am a Jets fan, even though I'm not. I appreciate everyone. That's a pretty big insult to a Giants fan. Yeah, it doesn't matter. The Jets would love to have me. <laughs> you know, the Jets, this is completely off random, uh, but do you think Aaron Rodgers is having a culture shock because like no one cares about the Jets? Like he came from the Packers where it's like the only thing. Well, what else is there in Green Bay, right? Like Nothing. it's like where I grew up in Connecticut, Brought basketball is the only thing in that entire area. So it's like they're celebrities. I mean, he's barely, like, I'm not even sure the Jets are the biggest team in, in, in that area. Like they don't even play in the city. And then you have, you know, the Rangers in the playoffs. And I think they lost. And then you have the Knicks in the playoffs and they're definitely bigger. And then Brooke, the, the Nets obviously are not in the playoffs anymore, but like there's a, there's a lot of competing interest there. I was just blown away too. Suddenly America remembered again, how gorgeous Jessica Alba was because uh, and, and it seemed like they had forgotten, but she popped up at the Knicks game sitting next to Rogers and Sauce Gardner. And all of a sudden she was making her way through social media being talked about as well. And I'm like, Jessica Alba has been hot. So I don't understand. Say I'm, I'm on fantastic forward Jessica Alba. <laughs> I'm more of a honey Jessica Alba. Okay. All right. Anyway, I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. We're going to go through the UDFAs and there are 13 of them. So rather than list them all, I'm going to ask Steve, Steve, what UDFA are you the most intrigued to see at rookie minicamp? Can I cheat and give you two? Sure. Number one, obviously, I think is going to be two-lane linebacker Nick Anderson because of the okay. local ties pulling for him. And then the other one, a huge position of need, Central Michigan tight end Joel Wilson. Our newest member of New Orleans Hello. Saint, Nick Anderson. Nick, before we get into football, i got to ask you something. Somebody told me this, so I want to confirm it. Is your grandfather the mayor in Vicksburg, Mississippi? <laughs> yes, sir, he is. <laughs> okay, okay. Well, uh, somebody told me that this morning. That, man, they text me, hey, Mike, got to ask Nick because his grandfather is the mayor here in Vicksburg, Mississippi. So I'm glad uh, uh, that was a confirmation on that. That wasn't the clip I thought it was, but that, that was one of my notes on Nick Anderson. His <laughs> grandfather is the mayor of Vicksburg, Mississippi. <laughs> so uh, if you're ever in Vicksburg, make sure to say hi. But no, Nick Anderson's intriguing. And, you know, not only because he went to Tulane, because he's very undersized at the linebacker position. He's only about 5'9". And what you wonder about Nick is if it makes more sense to play like a Landon Collins and to maybe lean out a little bit, focus on coverage and be like a big nickel. To me, that that is more his role. And obviously he's had 776 special team snaps in college. So if you're looking for a way for him to make the roster, that's going to be go. it. Yeah. Yeah, I think that that's obviously a pathway for a lot of young guys, especially the UDFAs. Um, but it, it helps obviously when you have that know-how and experience coming in and they're just not throwing you to the wolves, even on special teams, just for the first time coming into like to Saints camp kind of deal. Well, definitely. The NFL is definitely a passing league. Um, and that's something that I feel like I am prepared for and have been, you know, working to fine tune. Tulane did a great job, you know, being up under Coach Mike Moose and Coach Chris Hampton. We ran a lot of different schemes, a lot of different coverages from quarters to cover three uh, spot dropping to cover three match. So I have a very, very uh, great intelligence and awareness for different zone concepts and man concepts. You know, a lot of times me and Dorian will have to cover tight ends, um, even cover slots in, in certain defenses and running backs have 
the backfield. So I definitely have an experience of, of doing that um, and have production uh, of doing that as well with uh, pass deflections. So I have been working on my hands so I can turn those, you know, pass deflections into interceptions. Again, if you're Nick Anderson, you, you're trying to make this team. You do it first on special teams. And then I think you do it second in coverage. You are going to have to be an elite cover linebacker to make an NFL roster at 5'9". Like, you're just not going to be able to be a run support player. It's just not going to happen. Like, you're going to get stuck on blocks because, I mean, you got to be quick. You got to get around them. You're not going to beat them. Um, And so that's going to be something for him that I think is important. The other guy you mentioned is Joel Wilson. He is intriguing. He is definitely not a blocking tight end. So I think the Saints are still going to be in the market for a – just solid blocking tight end, right? Like a Josh Hill. You need one of those on the roster, like a Nick Vanette. They don't have one right now. Juwan Johnson, I think, is a good receiving tight end. He's not a great blocking tight end. He's, and you don't want to have to have him spending all of his energy in line blocking. You want someone who's just good at it, right? Like J.P. Holtz is a guy who who you look at, maybe Taysom as a blocker. Um, but that's going to be something because – that is not the strongest part of his game. He's 6'3", 242, right? Like that's not elite size at the linebacker or at the tight end position. He has good balance. He gets into the open field and you can see it. He's quick, a little stiff. He had 44 catches, 445 yards, six touchdowns last season. Um, he was also productive in 2022, 31 catches, 367 yards, and another six touchdowns. This is a theme that you see a lot with Saints players in general is they all played quarterback in high school. That was true to Joel Wilson as well. He threw for 11 touchdowns as a senior in high school, ran for 450 yards and seven more touchdowns. He also played linebacker on the defensive side of the ball. So when you look at the Saints UDFAs, it's always, okay, we want elite traits in at least one category. And in this case, he is a pass-catching tight end, very athletic, able to get downfield. Kind of looks like Troutman if you if you want to have, a, have an example. He kind of plays that way. Um, where the athleticism kind of catches you by surprise. I don't know if they'll be able to use it just like they were un- unable to use Troutman, but he's going to be something that's interesting to watch too. Yeah, you mentioning that, you know, this is more of a pass-catching tight end. What, uh, I'm curious to see, though, still, what are they going to do about that inline guy that, you know, stays in to block? Is it is there somewhere you're going to have to bring in a free agent or do you have to make – do you have to do a trade with someone? What's his name? Uh, Forrestall? Yes. Maybe that's him. Yeah. I don't know. Miller Forrestal. Miller Forrestal. I know he's a big dude. I know nothing about him. So maybe he's a good blocker. We'll find out. Right. There are a few other interesting names on this list. The The guy who stands out probably the most on the defensive side is Anthony Orgy, the guy out of Vanderbilt, who that is how you say his name. He's, you know, we talk about plus athletes. They're looking for something that sets you apart. And that's him. Right. He ran a four, five, three forty for a linebacker that's really good. 38 and a half inch vertical leap, 10.2 broad jump. He's 6'1, 230, 32 inch arms. Another team captain that you see all the time is team captain, senior bowl players, four year starter, that sort of thing. He's aggressive. He's always around the ball. He misses a lot of tackles. And and that's what you're gonna look for with him is can he play with that head on fire energy and not make mistakes? Because that's where you kind of have to find that balance. You can't be missing tackles because you're trying to be aggressive and get upfield. But it is why he was very highly productive. He led the SEC last year. He averaged nine tackles per game. He has led Vanderbilt in tackles for the last three seasons. He started 32 consecutive games. So 
you know, it's a guy with a lot of experience. He's going to be flying around the field. Another guy who I think you're going to have to make your initial impact on special teams. But, you know, when you can get a linebacker who, you know, he was projected as a sixth round pick by some people. So you're getting a good value here. When you can get a linebacker with the prototypical size and strength and athleticism you need at that position as a UDFA, I think that's where you're, if you're the Saints, you jump all over it. Yeah, you mentioned the obviously the versatility of having some special teams work. Uh, any anything with him playing strong safety at all? No, he's too big. He's six okay. two two thirty. You're a linebacker. That's the difference between six two two thirty and five nine two thirty. Is you know you can uh, you can project a little differently. He he needs to be. A, he's he is a run linebacker, right? Like he is a run support linebacker. And the issue for him is a lot of times getting upfield too quickly and getting out and overrunning a play. And that's, that's what you got to fix with him on the offensive side of the ball. There are a couple really interesting players. We talked about Malik flowers in the last episode, so We don't need to do that again, but he's obviously the return specialist. It's always fun to watch side Barnett, who we talked about before we came on wide receiver slash punter slash kicker out of Davenport college in uh, grand Rapids, Michigan. He's another fascinating guy. He's six foot 190, 43840, 40 inch vertical leap, 11, 10, 10 feet, 11 inches on the broad jump. He's also, as I mentioned, a kicker and a punter. He once punted an 87 yard punt. That is his long. 53 catches, 694 yards, four touchdowns. You know, D2, which is Davenport's a D2 school. You don't see a lot of Division II football players, but it is not unheard of, right? I think. Danny Woodhead might be the best example of, uh, you know, a, a D2 skill position player latching on. Joe Andruzzi, who's a Southern Connecticut State University alum, that's another D2 school that the one I went to, he, uh, he was a good offensive lineman for a while. So, you know, he's a guy who's going to just try to wow people with athleticism. And uh, it's, it's going to be interesting because he doesn't look like a particularly athletic guy. One of the things he said that I, that I picked up was, he shattered his fibula and tore his ankle limit, ligaments in early 2020, which was like right before the pandemic started. And one of the reasons he, he was never able to kind of get above Davenport, like I'm sure he would have liked to transfer to an FCS program or just to kind of, you know, raise that profile. But it took him so long to recover from that, that he was kind of stuck. And it wasn't really until this last season that he was back feeling like himself. So, you know, that's going to be, he's going to be one. I don't, I don't know if they're going to work him as a wide receiver or if they're going to put him in the punter competition. I really don't. But anytime you can say that about a player, it's kind of fascinating. We have a big breaking news on the tight end front. They signed somebody? <laughs> uh, not the Saints, but a former Saint is off the market and not going to be returning to New Orleans. Uh, also was with the Jaguars. Dan Arnold uh, oh. reached an agreement with the Philadelphia Eagles. Uh, not not that blocking tight end anyway that this team needs right now. He wouldn't have been that. No, he, no definitely he, he, not. He's not that. All right, going forward. So Roderick Thompson, running back out of Texas Tech, he he reminds me a little bit of 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 a Kendry Miller um, in terms of this is another just one cut downhill runner. The problem with Sir Roderick is he doesn't seem to know that about himself. He has a really good skill set. He's just a power runner. He's got speed. When he hits the hole with conviction, he can, he's gone. Like you, you go watch his highlight tape and you'll see run after run after run where he's just, he gets to the hole and then he's just by everybody because he's got the speed. He's got the power. The problem is he's constantly dancing around, you know? So if they can kind of train that out of him, I think you have a chance for a decent running back. The guy I'd comp him to 
generally speaking, would be like an Ahmad Bradshaw get out of Marshall seventh round pick um, a long time ago, uh, maybe 2008, 2009. He, he has that type of that type of skill set. But again, it's like you just got to learn how to use it. He can also catch the ball. So he's someone interesting to watch. And then one more that I'll mention is uh, Shaq Davis, Shaquem Davis, wide receiver out of South Carolina State. Now, this kid is 6'5", 217. He is bigger than their tight ends, at least size-wise, not, not weight-wise. The issue is, again, he doesn't play like it. Yeah, you know, it's like you can see the skill set, but he doesn't high point the ball. Like You watch, it, you watch his highlights, and it's tough because you can't really find a ton of tape from South Carolina State football. It just doesn't exist. They're not on major networks. But when you watch it, you know, he, he's just constantly creating big plays, but the big plays are he's going downfield and he's kind of, he's trying to get the defender in trail and he does, and he kind of walls them off and he tries to like over the shoulder, catch the ball. And he does, and he has an 87 yard touchdown, right? Like that's his longest play was an 87 yard touchdown. The problem is you're not gonna be able to get NFL defensive backs in trail unless you have four, three speed. So what's going to end up happening is they're going to be in his hip pocket and then if he tries to go up and catch the ball like that, the defender is going to put his foot in the ground and high point the ball, and it's going to be an interception. So I need to see him in camp understanding how to play as a 6'5 receiver. And it's what I also need to see out of A.T. Perry. The Saints need someone who can fill that role, and I think he has the skill set. I mean, it's 45 catches, 934 yards, and 11 touchdowns last season. He had catches of 87, 58, 57, 44, 37, 35, 32 yards. It's a big play machine, just needs to know how to use that body of his because you can't teach 6'5". So he's another one who's going to stand above the crowd. But those are the, those are the more, most intriguing players to me. And I had someone say, what, are this, what is Cy Barnett going to do for the Saints? I'm like, I don't know. Most of these players are going to get cut. I'm just telling you the ones that I'm going to have the most interest in watching when we're out there in uh, 10 days or so. I was trying to think last year how many UDFAs made the team. And obviously, Shahid's the one that stands out to me. I can't yeah, really. Yeah, Nephi Sewell, right? Um, okay, and, you know, and I consider getting on the practice squad as making the team. I agree. Me too. You can get cut as a UDFA, but if you get brought back, that's a win. Like Dejan Dixon, everyone was talking about Dejan Dixon. He didn't make the practice squad uh, right. last year. Kirk Merritt did, right? So, you know, there's going to be four or five, maybe six practice squad spots that are dedicated to these guys, and you're going to have some veterans in those spots. But the nice thing about, you know, the NFL rule changes over the last few years is, if you're on the practice squad, you can get into three NFL games without even being signed to the active roster. So it's just going to give you a chance to contribute. And, you know, I think a majority of the players on the Saints practice squad got called up at least once or twice throughout the season. Those are typically going to go to like the Chris Harris's and the Kevin White's because you trust them a little more in the in the special teams parts of the game. But either way, it's rare to see a player catch on as a UDFA and make the roster out of camp. I think Deontay Hardy... What might be one of the few examples of that. Marquez Callaway, too, I believe, was on the roster from, from the beginning of the season. Um, so, yeah. Yeah, I feel like out of that UDFA group, there is one or two that stick with the team. And like you said, I consider making the practice squad, you know, making the team. Yeah, Shy Tuttle, I believe, made it straight out of camp. Malcolm Broach made it straight out of camp. Yeah, I'm sure there are others. I'd have to go back and, and find a list. Uh, but, yeah, I mean... Th- Juwan, huh? I think, yeah, I guess so. I guess Jawan and Tony Jones Jr. would have also been on that list. Yeah, so I mean, the Saints love the UDFAs. It's not unusual to see them make an impact. 
but you know you got to really stand out in some way andrew De- actually you know andrew dell wasn't a udfa from the saints i think he was picked or he was a udfa somewhere else and then latched on with the saints yeah i don't know why um, Cowboys stands out but that could be wrong i think it might have been he, he was another team and then he kind of ended up on like he washed out and ended up on the saints and they, right. they really liked him but yeah i mean that's where this starts that's kind of the you know we can get really excited about the rookies and whatnot and all the action in the preseason one of the more exciting things is watching the udfas because they're playing for their jobs like Isaiah Foskey doesn't have to worry about missing the missing the roster. He's making the roster. He's just trying to get better and better. Sidebar net, this is his Super Bowl, right? And that's kind of fun. Right, and then obviously, you know, you hear it all the time. What you put on tape, it sticks because other teams will come a calling kind of deal. Yeah. I just don't know really how – I mean, other squads aren't getting OTA and training camp footage of these guys, huh? I'm not sure how that if that's shared around. Right, um, right. I don't think so. I mean, the Saints make sure to only let you record individual sessions. So if that's all they're getting, who knows? But you know, like the Saints ended up with Taysom Hill off the Packers uh, waivers, right? Like it happens. Well, that, that's Aesop a great story though, because they they were scouting somebody else and then ended up seeing him in yeah. that in their footage or whatever. So that's pretty yeah. pretty amusing. Yeah, no, I mean that's why that's why teams are typically fine to say, yeah, we'll cut this guy and stash him on the practice squad because it's rare to see a player, to see a team invest in a player just off the scrap heap without knowing anything about them. The Saints tried to do it last year with uh, Tanner Owen, and he ended up having a heart condition, and he got waived with an injury exemption, right? Ian Book went to the Eagles last year. So, so it does happen. Just not. I would, I would qualify it as rare, but I think that's why the Saints hit Rashid Shahid last year until the last possible moment, and then you get him on the field, and you can understand why. I will say, so the last note I'll make is uh, Malik Flowers. He's not the same. Like you talk about returning return specialist, and he tied Rashid Shahid's record at um, the FCS level. He was Montana. Rashid Shahid was Weber State, which they can, they play against each other. It's the same level. And I think the Saints are kind of in the mode where they want to just bring in a return specialist every year because they're good at it. He's a much different type of returner than Rashid Shahid, where you see Rashid running – and he's like gliding. Like you would never know he was running fast, but he is. Whereas um, Malik is more like a running back, I would say, than a true kind of galloper, right? He's running hard. Like you can tell he's running hard. He's going real fast, but it's not smooth like you would see with Rashid. But he can break a tackle with the best of them. And I think that's what Rashid doesn't necessarily have. He's not, he's not running through arm tackles as much as that's what Malik is going to do. So that's, he's going to be fun to he, – he's fun to watch. I don't know how effective he'll be at the NFL level where the angles that players take don't have to be as good um, and you're not outrunning everybody the way he was at the FCS level. But uh, he's going he's gonna to be fun to watch in, in the preseason at the very least. And I'm still interested to see what Shahid can do in the return game because I think we saw him struggle more with that than as a receiver last year. There were like two or three instances where the turf monster got him. Yeah, he didn't break anything. You know, and, and that's what you want to see. Like, it's tough to make a huge impact at returner. Like, if, if Devin Hester was coming into the NFL right now, you would yeah. be like, where, where are you going to play, man? Like, you're a cornerback who can't play corner. You're a wide receiver who can't play wide receiver. Like, are we going to keep you on the roster just to do this? Because right. it's hard to justify a roster spot. Whereas he's like, because he came in the NFL, at the time he came into the NFL, he's one of the greatest players in NFL history, right? Just because he was that big of an impact. I think... Cordell Patterson tied his record, which is Correct, honestly yeah. kind of amazing because 
this is when Cordero plays. It's like he either scores a touchdown or, or nothing. But yeah, it's uh, I think you really want to see Rashid as a receiver. And if that costs him opportunities in a return game, so be it. I would be very upset if it went the other way. If they were limiting his action as a wide receiver because they wanted to make sure he had energy to be a returner. Because in today's NFL, just not turning it over is about the best you can hope for in a lot of instances. Yeah. And and, and obviously with the, the new undrafted rookie too, it's like, nothing's for sure nothing's given we don't know how he's going to fit in he, he might not be trusted enough to be that return man especially early on you know it takes a while for them to to really trust guys in handling the ball i mean rashid was uh wasn't on the roster until week five right six, exactly right six, right so like it you know he didn't exactly get the get a glowing endorsement out of camp either Deontay was and it was mostly because at that point they didn't really have a return specialist so Is i mean a- they'll do it is he the last one to return a kick for a touchdown? Because I can't think of anybody else. I think so. I think the last kick return for a touchdown was the punt he returned against Seattle. Seattle, right. Yeah. That's all I remember. Taysom? Taysom? No. Taysom got, had a long return. I think he got taken down like the 55. Kamara had a return for a touchdown. Who, who was that one against? Because I remember it was kind of like a stutter step, and it was like, no, stop, stay in the end zone. And then he kept going. It was like, oh, no, yeah, keep going. I don't remember who it was against, but I know it was in 2017 because it was his rookie season. Because there's no way in hell Kamara's going to return kicks ever, like in the last four years. Yeah, like I said, I remember that whole like kind of stutter move, and it was like, should I go? Shouldn't I? And you were kind of like, no, 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 and then saying yes, yes, yes. Right. One other note is Lou Headley. Um, I'm not even going to go into it. If you if you want to go down a rabbit hole, feel free. Google him. You'll be looking for a while. Fascinating guy, full body tattoos. He wore number 94, wore number 94 in college at Miami. That's because he idolized The Rock, who played at Miami. I've mentioned that before. He's also kind of an Australian rules kind of rugby guy, right? So when you're watching him punt, a lot of times he'll take those like side steps to kind of create an angle, which is like always like it it stresses me out whenever I see that because I'm just waiting for someone to just like trip him up or. Um, I think that was what happened when the Saints against the Seahawks last year. I don't remember their kicker's name, but he's another one of those like rugby style kickers. And he ended up like losing his grip on the ball. And then he just like tried to run for it or whatever. And the Saints stopped him. Um, That was funny. But yeah. So when you're watching him out there, you're getting ready because you're going to see a little bit of that. Uh, The Saints seem to find some very uh, interesting characters at punter. Might as well. It's a boring position. Might as well make it interesting, right? I mean, even you go back to obviously a guy like Thomas Morstead, that dude was just yoked. I mean, he and they was, drafted him. Right. Yeah. And they exactly. Uh, but yep. even, the, you know, kind of that, I don't know what kind of personality you would say with the Blake Gillikin, but he's also kind of like that rock and roller kind of mentality, I would say. Yeah, I agree with that. But all right, let's, let's wrap this segment up so we can come back and get into our live mailbag. Thanks, everyone who is in here. Thanks, everyone who's listening. I know it's kind of a weird time. This is Inside Black and Gold. If you haven't subscribed yet, do that. If you haven't subscribed on the YouTube channel, do that. It really helps us out. Hit the like button. Hit the subscribe button. Leave a rating. Leave a review. I'm Jeff Nowak. He's Steve Geller. You can follow us on Twitter at Jeff underscore Nowak. And at Steve Geller, WWL. That's G-L-E-E. I'm sorry. That's G-L. Another one. G-E-L-L-E-R. I'm sorry, I just confused people more than 
it would have if I hadn't spelled it at all. Um, but yeah, we'll be right back. This is Inside Blogging. 